Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tradies News in a Nutshell. It is Thursday morning, the 28th of July, 2022. Broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SEN six SEN Q 693 AM in Queensland. Also through SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Daniel Petgrew with you for the course of the next hour before the breakfast shows kick off in an hour's time. Lots to get through. Obviously, the Manly story, there's only really been two stories uh, this week. Uh, the Tiger story at the start of the week and then the Manly story throughout the week. That is still going on, but there's a lot of other rugby league news around. So whilst we will touch on what happened yesterday and the latest news out of Manly, uh, we will look ahead and look at some of the other rugby league and sports news going around, a bit of cricket news around as well. And the Commonwealth Games, uh, this time tomorrow, uh, will be on air and the opening ceremony will be on. So really, really looking forward to that and kicking off tomorrow night. Some Rugby Sevens actually tomorrow night. So we'll talk all about that. Plus, in about 10 or so minutes' time, you're going to be joined by my football slash soccer expert, Jonathan Gallo. Uh, we're going to continue our road to the World Cup. And also, uh, considering because of the Commonwealth Games, we're not on next week, we're going to do a bit of an EPL season preview because that kicks off in eight days' time. Next uh, Friday, England time, so early hours of Saturday morning, uh, will be underway. So we'll do a bit of, bit of an EPL preview. And you might get his tips for the first weekend of the English Premier League as well. Number still the same. Anything you want to talk about, one 1170 one Or you can text 0457-736-736. It's two past five. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ring. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream. All right, let's have a look at what's on the back page of the respective papers today, what is making news. And you wouldn't know it, but we do have a weekend of NRL starting tonight, and that is controversial match between the Manly Seagulls and the Sydney Roosters. And on the field, uh, Manly. Uh, obviously without those seven players that are refusing to play. But Zach Fulton, he's going to create history tonight when he runs on to the ground uh, where his grandfather Bob created a legacy that turned him into a rugby league immortal. Fulton will be the third generation for his family to play for Manly. The first time it has happened in NRL history. He said yesterday... um, uh, sorry, Brett Fulton said yesterday that uh, Dad would be seriously proud. He'll be looking down from above on Thursday night. Absolutely, Brett Fulton, Zach's uncle and former junior coach, said. So, yeah, really, really uh, good news for Zach Fulton getting a chance. He was named as 18th man and then put onto that interchange bench yesterday. And, look, uh, I think uh, it's fantastic. Um, and I know uh, the, the news, quite rightly, has been dominated 
by the other players that have decided to sit out. But it gives players like this. There's another story going around as well today about another player getting a chance for the Manly Seagulls, which we'll touch on a bit later on. So, yeah, uh, whilst it's disappointing, and I know Trent Robinson came out and uh, said quite a few good things. I thought he spoke very well, actually, yesterday in his press conference about the whole issue. Um, it's good for these other players, for the Manly Seagulls, to get a chance. And they're going to go in as underdogs, big underdogs against the Roosters side that needs to win as well. But these players that would, wouldn't would usually be getting a chance, getting a chance tonight, and I'm sure we'll do the Manly jersey proud. If you are a Manly fan, how are you feeling about tonight's game? Are you heading out to the game tonight? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01170. Hopefully a really big crowd there um, for this game tonight. I know it's a Thursday night, but in terms of, um, the actual football side of things, it's a crucial game. Roosters in eighth, Manly in ninth. Um, so we will see what happens there. Let's talk about the Dragons uh, then. Uh, now, interesting news about the Dragons. Of course, they are sitting in 11th position at uh, the moment. Lost, uh, sorry, won against Manly last weekend. Um, however, their coach at the Griffin has got rid of two of his assistant coaches. So Peter Gentle and Matthew Head are gone and the decision was made by head coach Anthony Griffin. Uh, in a contentious move, Gentle and Head were formally told on Monday uh, that they would be moved on for 2023. So they will stay uh, part of the coaching staff for the remainder of this year, but then they are gone. It is understood Griffin was upfront and admitted it was his decision when talking directly to Gentle. Sources close to the club claim Matthew Head and Gentle are filthy. They want to remain until the end of the season to ensure they collect all their financial entitlements. Uh, Craig Young, the chairman, said it's up to the coach. We don't get involved in any of that. We don't micromanage the coach. It's his decision who he chooses with his coaching staff. Ultimately, it is the coach who will be the one who is judged on performance. We don't have any input at all. Um, we obviously have input into who the coach is, and then he manages all that with a football manager. As I said, you can't micromanage. If Griffin wants new assistants, it's tough business at times. Yeah, that's interesting. Griffin himself has been under a bit of pressure this year. Um, a lot of people had the Dragons in their eight at the start of the year, and they're still in the running for the top eight. That win against Manly last weekend was vital. Uh, he's got one year, Griffin, remaining on his contract. Uh, there are some at the club that want Georgie Lawara to consider bringing Dean Young the current North Queensland assistant, and Ben Hornby, the current South assistant, back to the club after Griffin's tenure has completed. The Dragons underachieving with the roster they've got. We know how well Ben Hunt has played, and he's been sensational, but they have been very, very inconsistent. I know Greg Alexander had the Dragons in his eight at the start of the year. I don't think he's quite hopped off the bus, but I don't think he's too far away. Big game for them this weekend against the Cowboys. It's the final game of the round. But your thoughts, Dragons fans and NRL fans, are the Dragons underachieving under Coach Anthony Griffin? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01170. They've had some very good wins across the season, but then you only have to go back a couple of weeks ago in that game against the Roosters when the Roosters put 50 on them. So... Going to be very, very interesting, but they are in contention for the top eight. I dare say if they weren't in contention for the top eight, 
um, they would not uh, be talking, uh, they would potentially be talking about getting rid of Anthony Griffin now. Your thoughts on that? Are the Dragons overachieving or underachieving with the squad they have? 0457 736 736. And if you're a Dragons fan, uh, are you supporter of Anthony Griffin? He will be, I think, under tremendous pressure at the end of this season if the Dragons do not make the top eight, 0457 736 736 or 1-300-01-1170. Uh, now, up in Queensland, a team that is flying at the moment is the Brisbane Broncos. And Broncos coach Kevin Walters has held Kurt Capewell as his premiership X-factor as Brisbane Banks on the Queensland Origin Stars' big game know-how to break the club's 16-year title drought. Having navigated a third consecutive gruelling origin campaign, Capewell has shifted his focus to ramping up Brisbane's top four ambitions, starting against the West Tigers at Suncorp Stadium on Saturday night. While marquee recruit Adam Reynolds has dominated headlines this season with his sizzling touches at halfback, Broncos insiders say Capewell is the unsung hero who drives Brisbane's cultural stance at Red Hill. If training is sloppy, Capewell demands a lift in intensity. If a teammate takes a shortcut... Capewell isn't afraid to call him out. It is the attitude to the one percenters during his two-year stint at Penrith that finished with the ultimate reward of a premiership uh, ring last season before he shifted to the Broncos. Walters says the round 20 clash against the Tigers represents a moment for Brisbane to go up another gear at a time when the jury is out on whether the Broncos' young guns can hold their nerve in at the finals. But Walters says the presence of Reynolds and Capewell who obviously we know have played in the grand finals in the past one premierships, gives him confidence the reborn Broncos will not uh, not crack once they get to the finals. Yeah, so the Broncos at the moment, and no one expected the Broncos to be at uh, this stage of the season, sitting in fourth position. They're on 26 points, equal with the Sharks, who are in third position. It's probably not a question for now, but they've got the Tigers on Saturday night now. We know what happened to the Tigers Last weekend, they played very good footy. Let's see if they can back that up. It may not be an easy game for the Brisbane Broncos. That we will just have to wait and see. But do you give the Broncos a shot at this year's premiership? I I think they're up there. I, I still think, I said yesterday, I still think it's the Panthers' competition to uh, win. But the Broncos sitting fourth, playing some good football. Cowboys there as well. Storm have been struggling over the rec- over recent weeks. Eels have a really tough run home. Uh, the Rabbitohs have started to play some good footy. Um, and, uh, well, we know the Sharks are capable. They uh, challenged Penrith on Saturday night. And the Roosters are uh, sitting eighth at the moment. The Roosters, Manly, and the Raiders and the Dragons all vying for, well, what looks like eighth position at the moment. But we'll have to wait and see what happens uh, with the Parramatta Reels over the next few weeks as well. But on term- in terms of the Broncos, if they're in that top four at the end of the season, do you give them a shot to win the competition? I, I think... They're a big chance. I still think it's going to be the Panthers' uh, competition to win. But do you give the Broncos a shot? Or is there another team that can upset the Penrith Panthers? But uh, Kurt Capel, just on Kurt Capel, fantastic player. Uh, added a lot to the Brisbane Broncos this year um, and has played some good football over the past few years as well. But if you're a Broncos fan, you're quietly confident about this year's competition. 0457 736 736 or one 1170 Just having a look at this round of NRL as well, and we'll do a full preview of the remaining games tomorrow with uh, Charlie Goodsir. But tonight, obviously, Manly and the Roosters, that's ninth, play eighth. Should be an interesting game. You would have to lean towards the Roosters, 
probably would have leant towards the Roosters anyway after their past couple of weeks. But playing at Manly is always a tough road trip for any team, especially when Manly uh, have their top eight hopes on the line as well. And even with what's happened this week with Manly, I still think it's going to be a pretty close game or tough game. I think the Manly players that are playing tonight will turn up and try and play some really good football and do that jersey proud. I just think the experience of that Roosters side should get them home. But can you see an upset happening tonight? 0457 736 736. It would be uh, an amazing win if Manly could beat the Roosters tonight. I wouldn't completely rule it out. The rest of the weekend, as I say, we'll preview with Charlie tomorrow, but Warriors Storm tomorrow night at 6pm, the second game back in New Zealand. Uh, since the Warriors were allowed to be back in, based in New Zealand. We'll play in the footy in New Zealand anyway. The Eels and the Panthers tomorrow night, that's going to be a crucial game. That's 7.55 at Combank Stadium. That could be anything, that game. And then and the Eels, sitting in seventh, as I said, have one of the toughest runs home. Then on Saturday, Titans Raiders at 3 p.m. The Sharks play South Sydney at 5.30. That'll be an intriguing game, one of the games of the weekend, if not maybe the game of the weekend and then 7.30 Saturday night, the Broncos taking on the West Tigers. Then two games on Sunday, 2 o'clock in Newcastle. The Newcastle Knights taking on the Bulldogs and the Dragons. A crucial game for them up against the Cowboys, who would, despite winning last weekend, uh, they would probably want to bounce back from a pretty poor performance uh, by them. So plenty of things on our agenda this morning. The Com Games as well, kicking off tomorrow. Opening ceremony in 24 hours' time from now. You're looking forward to them getting underway. I'll tell you what you can look forward to over the first couple of days of the Commonwealth Games. Uh, and a bit of news about David Warner as well in cricket. We'll get to between now and 6am. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. It's 13 past five. We'll take a break. Come back with more. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. 17 past 5, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Just before Jonathan Gallo and our football segment and a lot to look at. We'll continue our road to the World Cup. We will also look at the English Premier League season. Not on. Uh, I'm not on next week uh, due to the Commonwealth Games, but uh, the Premier League season starting next week. So we thought we'll get the thoughts of Jonathan Gallo. In just a sec, look, we're not going to touch on this too much this morning, but uh, there has been news overnight that uh, Manly has sensationally banned their seven uh, players that won't be playing uh, tonight from attending tonight's uh, match at uh, Four Pines Park after a top-level meeting with New South Wales Police. Now, the exiled players were contacted after a joint phone call on Wednesday between uh, Northern Beaches Police uh, and also uh, Manly Seagulls coach Des Hasley, interim ch- club chief executive Gary Warman, and Manly head of operations and events Shelley O'Malley. During the discussion, Manly decided that the best course of action was to keep the players away from the ground on game na- night. Uh, the Daily Telegraph can also reveal at least one of the seven players has been subjected to threatening messages through social media. Manly and police agreed there would be high- a heightened concern should the players attend Brookvale Oval. Police in the club uh, also spoke about the contingency plans for possible crowd misbehaviour. They went on to say, for the safety and well-being of the players, the club has decided that it's best that they don't attend the game. They were initially going to watch the match um, in the Bob Fulton stand centre of excellence uh, because the dugout located near the players' tunnel was deemed too close to fans and unsafe. There were even fears protesters angry at the players' stance could attempt to enter the ground and harass the seven players. So they won't be there 
tonight uh, when they play the Roosters. Probably not a bad idea either. 19 past five, time to talk football. And it is our Makita Power Play this morning. This season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. And then after that, I'll get to all your texts and all the issues. Can anyone beat uh, the Penrith Pat this, this year? Your thoughts on tonight's game? Um, and also, you're looking forward to the Coleman North Games uh, kicking off tomorrow with the opening ceremony action tomorrow night. And the Broncos, is uh, they a real premiership threat in 2022? Jonathan Gallo is on the line, though, to talk footy. Morning, John. Morning, Dan. How are you? Yes, uh, very well. Don't forget this season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. Now, a bit of an extended chat today because, as I said, I'm not on with uh, Commonwealth Games next week, which we're all very much looking forward to. So we will look at the start of the English Premier League season in a second. I can't believe it's already about to start. But before that, let's continue our road to the World Cup. So we've done Group A, Group B, and we're up to Group C. And last week we talked about Argentina and Poland before I get your thoughts on who is going to go through from that group, let's look at the other two teams part of Group C of the World Cup, and that's firstly Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. I mean, look, they're a team at the moment who we know a little bit about, obviously, as, uh, as Socceroos fans, and they've caught a little bit of a heartbreak for the Socceroos in the past when it comes to Asian Cup and World Cup qualifier games when we're expected to win. They always some, sometimes salvage the uh, the draw or even the uh, the loss against the, the the Socceroos and they're just really a, a competitive side defensively minded of course they know they probably don't have the attacking weapons up front to trouble too many sides you know throughout this World Cup particularly the likes of Argentina and, and Poland and Mexico so this is an awfully tough group for Saudi Arabia and they'll they'll know that I don't expect them to be too adventurous with the ball I think they'll probably go for parking the bus style and try and uh, hit on the counter if they can. They've got a lot of pace up front. Uh, so they do have the uh, the team to hurt, you know, anybody really on their day. But it's also going to be a case of how well they defend this one, Saudi Arabia, and just stay compact and stay organised defensively. Some of the keynote players, Salem Al-Zazari, who scored seven goals during the campaign. He's got a lot of pace about him, Salem, and he can always play off the shoulder of the defender. So if, if a defender is, uh, you know, not focusing for a split second, uh, they do have the players that can hurt you. So Hiferi uh, is another player up front who's uh, got a lot of pace about him, and they don't—they're not afraid to work for the full 90 minutes. Saudi Arabia—they don't give up on the ball. They've got a lot of legs in them, a lot of minutes in them, so they won't be afraid to uh, defend the part of the bus, just uh, so to speak, and, and go out there and really try and grab something. So, look, they could be a, a thorn in the side, particularly of the likes of Mexico and Poland. You'd imagine. Argentina will be awfully tough to see how they go against Argentina, but uh, I, I struggle to see how Saudi Arabia are going to score goals. That's that's the biggest uh, thing when I talk about Saudi Arabia. Defensively, they've been you know, strong uh, commonly, but I just think they're going to really lack that that kind of vigor up front to uh, to cause too many sides too many issues throughout this World Cup. But we never know. It is the World Cup, and there are surprises. Um, people have spoken fondly of Saudi Arabia and said that you know teams need to be careful. They just can't underestimate them. A side like Mexico, Argentina in the past have been a little bit guilty of throwing too many players forward and then getting caught on the uh, on the counter. So Saudi Arabia could potentially be that side. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see and, what comes of this one. But tough group. And the other team in Group C is Mexico. Yes, Mexico. Well, a side that. Uh, pretty flamboyant side, the Mexicans. They don't really look like they play with much of a game plan or strategy to their, to their style of football. They play really off the cuff and 
go out there and uh, really you know, pass the ball around and very good trickery, very good skills on the ball, but don't really seem to have much of a game plan. Uh, at least that's what it looks like from the outside in. But they've got some really good players, uh, obviously, in recent years. San Diego Gamirez up front for Cruz Azul, Henry Martin for Club America, Diego Lenez, Marcelo Flores. Players, a lot of them are playing in the domestic league, which is, uh, which is a big rap for the domestic league. I mean, they're producing national players uh, quality, and I think that, uh, look, you know, they've obviously got a lot of players in America at the moment playing for the MLS, which is also a big feat. The only slight concern about Mexico is there hasn't been a whole lot of Mexican players making on over to, uh, to the bigger leagues around Europe, like, you know, the Premier League, Spanish La Liga, as well as Italy and, mm. and Germany. There hasn't been a whole host of them in recent years making the transition over there. So I just worry about the overall quality of this Mexican team. We haven't seen it in the past. Javier Hernandez is probably the most well-known, and Carlos Vela, probably two well-known players who uh, played in the Premier League and played in the, in the La Liga. They were the best players, I think, for Mexico in the last 10, 15 years. But we haven't seen those you know, Hernandez and, and also the Carlos Velas of the world come through for Mexico in recent years. So I think goal scoring, again, is going to be a big issue. Defensively, they look a little bit all over the place as well. But strong team, we don't know what can they, they can throw up. They can certainly be a thorn in your side, similar to, to Saudi Arabia. So watch out for Mexico. Your thoughts on who are going to make uh, the top two out of Argentina, Poland, Saudi Arabia and Mexico in Group C of the World Cup? I definitely think that Argentina will be good enough to top out the group on this one. I think they've got the side to do it, uh, like I spoke about last week on the show. When it comes to who's second, I think it's a toy cost between Poland and Mexico. Um, but I just think with Poland at the moment, with Lewandowski, the, the form that he's in, if he comes into this World Cup with good form, uh, guys like Milek around him as well, I expect Poland to go through, but I think it might come down uh, to, to a bit of goal difference by four points. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a tight one, but I do think Poland might just edge out Mexico simply because I just think defensively Poland are a little bit more better organised. Yeah, all right. So that is Group C of the World Cup. A bit of news about Neymar floating around this morning as well. He's due to face trial in October over alleged irregularities in his transfer to Barcelona. Uh, now, the trial um, is going to be happening scheduled between October 17 and 31. So that's uh, interesting. Uh, there. Um, anyway, let's move on. Uh, now, next time, by the way, we do, uh, we'll continue our road to the World Cup. We're just over 100 days from the World Cup uh, beginning. In a couple of weeks' time, when we're back on air, we'll do uh, the first two teams in Group D, and that will actually be France and Australia. So very, very keen in a couple of weeks to hear your thoughts on both of those teams, but of course, in particular, Australia. And don't forget, uh, once the Football World Cup does get underway, you'll hear each and every game of it right here on SEN, right across the SEN network. Really looking forward to that. Let's just turn our attention, John, just away from the World Cup now to something a bit closer, only a week away. As I mentioned, I'm not on air next week uh, due to the Commonwealth Games, so I thought we'd just have a quick look at this now. The Premier League, before I get your quick tips for the first weekend of the Premier League next weekend, how do you see it going? Firstly, as I said at the top of our chat, I'm amazed that it's come around so quickly, but it always seems to. Um, do you expect it to be the same teams that were there at the end of last season to be there again at the end of this season up the top of the ladder? I do in a way, yes. But I think it. Uh, I think it might come down between actually Man City and, and Chelsea rather than Man City and Liverpool. Um, the only thing I say about Liverpool falling off, I think they're losing a, a 
a bag of goals losing Sadio Mane mm. to Bayern Munich in the uh, in the off season. And look, I, I think that's going to hurt them because Mane gives them at least you know 30, 35, 40 goals a season. His combinations up front with Salah and Firmino were one of the best in the world for four or five years there. So I think they're really going to lose a player like that quality. I know they've got Luis Diaz. I know Diego Jota will probably come in there and fill that role. But um, Diaz, from what I saw, he, he was really you know, a very enthusiastic player. Diaz, a lot of skill about him, dangerous player, uh, really took flight to the Premier League very, very easily. You know, But I just think that he doesn't have the same uh, finish and, and class about him that Mane does. He's going to take time to gel into the side as well. And the same with Diego Jota, a very creative player, uh, but in front of goal at times, I think he's, he doesn't have the execution that Mane does. So I think they're going to miss that come the critical games of the season, the likes against Man City and United and Chelsea and, and Arsenal Spurs. I think they're going to really miss a player like Mane in those bigger games. All uh, right. That might hurt them. Whereas I think mm. Chelsea, mm. Chelsea with Sterling up front with the buy-off season for Man City, I think Chelsea will be just a bit more competitive. That, that buys a huge one for, for Chelsea. will really bolster their attack. Sure. All right. Well, really looking forward to it kicking off. Let me just get you quick tips, and we'll do this as much as possible over uh, the English Premier League season. Obviously, there's going to be some games on uh, weekdays, but I can get you tips for the whole week. Week one, it starts actually next Saturday morning. So if you're a keen football fan, six uh, five a.m. next Saturday morning, set that alarm. The sixth of August. Um, that's next Saturday, John. Crystal Palace taking on Arsenal. How do you see this one going? Yes, I think it's going to be interesting. This one's at Selhurst Park, home of Palace. And Arsenal have not had a good record there at, uh, in recent times playing against Crystal Palace at Selhurst. Patrick Vieira's side last season were, were fantastic. I'm going to go, this one could be a, a draw. I think Arsenal mm-hmm. haven't had the, the wood over Palace in, in, since 2020, mid-2020. So I think this could be a, a draw, this one. Now, next Saturday night uh, at six at 9.30, what a time uh, to watch a football game, John Fulham, taking on Liverpool. Yes, I do think that this is going to be a good game, strong game for both sides. Good hit out to see for Fulham where they're at in terms of the benchmark of the competition. Liverpool, I obviously expect them to get the job done there, Craven College. Fulham haven't had a lot of transfers this year. In fact, I think Fulham could struggle to stay up this year, so being the new, uh, the new boys on the block for the season. But... Uh, Liverpool are expected to comfortably get the job done there. All right, quickly through some of these other games. Midnight uh, next Sunday, well, Saturday night going into Sunday. Bournemouth, Aston Villa. Yeah, I'm, I'm tipping Villa for this one. I think Villa in for a big season. I think Bournemouth will struggle this season to actually stay up. So expect things from, uh, from Gerrard's side. Newcastle will host Nottingham Forest. Yeah, a lot of people talking about Newcastle's potentially top six this year. Mm. Um, hopefully that is the case. But Nottingham Forest, again, new boys on the block, a lot of history in, in Nottingham. I just don't think they've got enough to beat uh, to beat Newcastle in this one. Tottenham and Southampton? Tottenham, I think, is, is going to be a top side. I definitely expect big things from them this year. Obviously, the signing of Richarlison and Ivan Perez, which is huge. So I expect Spurs to comfortably get the job done against Southampton. Leeds United will want to have a better year than they did last year. Their first game is up against Wolves. Yeah, Leeds, I think they're in for a big season this season. I think the you know, young American coach has taken over. Seems quite the tactician. He's he made some really good transfers, I think, in the off-season to bolster their team. Obviously, Patrick Bamford is going to be the main man up front for them. So they need to get the supply to him. Defensively, they've been very well organised. Um, but I think last season they were really away from it in the Premier League, so they need to go back to what got them there in the first place. Obviously, you've got that home form is going to be critical at Ellen Road, so 
I do back Leeds to get the job done here against Wolverhampton. But will it be tough time? Tough, uh, tough team, Wolverhampton. Uh, 2.30 a.m. next Sunday morning, Everton will play Chelsea. Yeah, big game this. For me, it's almost game of the of the rounds when you look at the closeness of both sides. Everton have been performing really poorly last year, just avoided relegation the last three or four games of the season. But Frankie Lampard's got them revitalised, I think, and I can see that their football be interesting to see how they go without Richarlison. As I said, he's moved over to, to Spurs. So that's a big loss for them. But, uh, look, I expect some good things from Everton. I think it'll be a close one, but I think Chelsea will not this one out 2-1. And a couple more games, Leicester City and Brentford. Uh, I'm going Leicester City. I think Leicester will be in the top top seven, top eight competing. Um, I think Brentford are going to struggle to stay up this year. They came close last season. I think this season may be the time they, uh, they fall away. Man United will host Brighton. And just on Man United news overnight that they've completed the signing of the Argentinian defender Lissandro Martinez from Ajax for a fee that could reach nearly £57 million. That's just over $98 million Australian dollars. Nice if you can get it. Will they beat Brighton? I think they should beat Brighton. I, I haven't been very impressed with Man United in the off-season from, from what we saw here in Australia and some of their games. I think they're going to be a work in progress this year again. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think they'll get the job done against Brighton. And Man City, their first game will be the Monday morning. Uh, they're away to West Ham. Yeah, big game. I think this is probably the biggest uh, one in terms of the fixtures over the week. I think West Ham at West Ham is going to be a tough opposition, but... I wonder how Man City are going to go in terms of the gelling of these new signing early Haaland up front, but I expect them to be too classy. I think Man City. Very good, very good. Well, you've got a couple of weeks off. Uh, we will chat again in two weeks' time, and I expect in two weeks' time a lot of research to have been done, firstly on yeah. Fra- France and Australia for the start of Group D as we continue our road to the World Cup. And, of course, uh, we may even have to do some research together next weekend on the English Premier League as well. Yes, absolutely, and hopefully we'll have our fifty million pounds with us as well, so we can, you know, help uh, spend the money as well, which would be good. So, yes, yeah, absolutely. Dan, I'm looking forward to, to the week break, and uh, I'm looking forward to speaking again on the show. So. Uh, can't wait for the Commonwealth Games to take part next week, that's for sure. Yes, Commonwealth Games coverage, full coverage here on SEN as well. John, thank you. We'll speak to you in a fortnight. Thank you, mate. We'll thank, speak soon. Thank you, Jonathan Gallo, our football expert, as we will continue in a couple of weeks' time our road to the World Cup, um, and that will be France and Australia. A text before a break, then we'll whip through some other rugby league news doing the rounds. Junior Smithy has been in touch saying, Morning, Dan. I don't think there are many teams that are going to match the Panthers when they are playing their best footy. But the race to play them in the grand final is an interesting one, and I can mount you a case for at least five teams. Okay, so he's basically Junior Smithy saying the Panthers are going to be in the grand final no matter what. He says there are five teams that will join could join them. South Sydney is at the top of that list. Yeah, well, we've seen what they've done with Latrell Mitchell uh, back. If he stays fit, I give them the chance. The Broncos, uh, yep, of course. The Cowboys, yeah, they're sitting in second position. And uh, I think, obviously, what's happened in the past few days has taken away from, oh, on Sunday's match, taken away from how well they've been playing most of the year. He's also put the Storm in there. Um, I wouldn't write the Storm off, but and we'll maybe talk more about this with Charlie Goodsir tomorrow. Uh, they are struggling. And the Eels. See, thank you, Junior Smithy. I agree. I think all of those teams can easily make a grand final. However, especially with the Eels, and I was having a conversation with a friend about this over the weekend, I think the Eels are more than capable, and we've seen it. We may see it tomorrow night. We'll wait and see of matching it 
and beating Penrith, beating Melbourne. But my issue with the Eels, I think, would be, firstly, they have to make the top eight because they've got a very, very hard draw. But even if they are to make the top eight, my question mark is, can they do it for three, maybe four weeks in a row? Can they beat these big teams in the final series three or four weeks in a row? No doubt they have the talent to do it as a one-off, but can they do it each and every week? And, and look, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know if the Eels are a sure thing to make the finals. They're on 24 points, but the teams chasing them are only on 20 points. The Raiders have a fairly soft draw. The Roosters have a tricky-ish draw, but are starting to play some good footy. It's going to be interesting. The Eels can probably shut everyone up if they are to beat Penrith tomorrow night and they get themselves up to 26 points and get themselves a confidence boost. But, yeah, very, very interesting. Junior Smithy thinks the Panthers will be in the grand final and they're the five teams that will be able to, well, one of them will meet them in the grand final. Your thoughts on that? Can anyone beat Penrith this year? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break, come back after this and whip through some of the other rugby league and sports news going on this morning on this Thursday morning. It is 23 and a half to 6. 19 to 6 on this Thursday morning. Daniel Pedgrew with you. 1300 01 1170 or 0457-736-736. If you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator, or tiler, Beaumont Tiles wants to help you. Australia's biggest Beaumont Tiles, together with us, want to boost your business. Head to iCanWin.com.au and you could win a $25,000 advertising package to promote and grow your business. Connect with Beaumont Tiles now and enter at iCanWin.com.au. A U O four five seven seven three six seven three six. Brett's been on the text saying, "Morning, Dan. I'm this now. This is interesting. Morning, Dan. I'm going to give everyone a tip and say Manly uh, are going to win to, a one to twelve tonight, making one of their best wins in their club's history." That from Brett. Yeah, Brett. Look, I've seen a lot of people on social media saying that the Roosters are absolutely going to smash Manly tonight. I, I'm I'm tipping the Roosters, but. I think it's going to be a lot closer than uh, some people give Manly credit for. Um, it's been a tough week. We, we know what's happened uh, with the Manly Seagulls, but no doubt the crowd there will be, be uh, fully supportive of Manly. Um, I think it's going to be closer. Brett declaring that Manly will win one of their best victories in the club's history. Do you agree with Brett? Do you see Manly winning tonight? 0457-736-736. And imagine the reaction tomorrow. If they are to beat the Roosters, I give them the shot. I do. We'll see what happens. 0457 736 736. Do you agree with Brett? Can they win? Or 1300 01 1170? And mentioned the Dragons earlier as well, getting rid of their two assistant coaches at the end of this season. Are they underachieving with the roster they have under coach Anthony Griffin? I think they probably are. Ben Hunt is a star. We know that. Uh, may well win the Dally M. But. I reckon they should probably be doing a little bit better than they are. Still in contention with the top eight, but are they underachieving? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Now, 
Bit of bad news for the Big Bash. Uh, Australian cricket superstar David Warner has turned his back reportedly on the Big Bash, instead seeking permission to participate in in a newly established T20 competition in the subcontinent. Now, early this month, South Africa officially withdrew from a uh, three-match one-day series against Australia in January, meaning the country's international stars would be available for the second half of the Big Bash League. But uh, as reported in The Australian, Warner has instead requested to play in the UAE's new T20 league this January, once again snubbing the Big Bash. According to the News Corp report, the UAE tournament is understood to be offering three-year contracts worth $2.1 million, that's Australian money, for participants. So um, very, I suppose, disappointing for the Big Bash. He's not played a Big Big Bash match in nearly... Nine years, Dave Warder. Um, he scored 10,870 T20 runs, smacking eight centuries and 91 fifties in the game's shortest format. We were talking, was it last week or two weeks ago, about the Big Bash um, and that they need star power and they need to probably condense the Big Bash a little bit. Um, for Dave Warder not to play in it, and I get $2.1 million, is very hard to say no to, but... He would have been a very, very big attraction, you would have thought, in this year's summer of cricket. So no Dave Warner, it looks like, in the Big Bash this summer, which will come around quicker than you think. Um, But it has been struggling, hasn't it, over the past couple of years. And looks like Dave Warner is going to abandon that as well, which is probably uh, quite disappointing for them. Uh, A bit of other rugby league news going on around at quarter to six. Uh, um, We'll have a look at here at some of it. I mentioned um, Zach Fulton playing tonight for the Manly Seagulls. Well, another Manly player uh, who earns $500 for a win and $300 for a loss, he's been tasked with shutting down three-time premiership winner Daniel Tupo. Uh, Pio uh, Siki broke down with tears when the coach, Manly coach Des Hasler told him of his NRL debut on Tuesday. Uh, just a month ago, he was in Fiji, believing his rugby league career was all but over. He had just completed a season in the French Domestic League. He was then uh, plucked from his homeland to represent Fiji in the second mid-year test. Um, now, his manager said he didn't even come into the country with boots. The Fijian coach told him if he wanted to be a chance of making the World Cup squad, he had to play out the season in Australia. Wanting to push for a spot at the end-of-year tournament, Seki was set to play out the year in regional New South Wales until the Blacktown worker Sea Eagles stepped in. Um, his manager sent highlights of Seki to Blacktown's football manager Todd Darvel. Darvel said he knew he had something special. Within a week of watching the video, he played his first game. He is big and strong, very much like Mike Sivo. Seki will play tonight. Very, very emotional. And for all the bad news and all the controversy around what has happened at the Manly Seagulls this weekend. You get the good news stories like him and also Zach Fulton, and I hope they play both of them and all of the players that are getting a start for the Manly Seagulls tonight. I hope they have a really, really good game. Now, uh, one of uh, the key architects of North Queensland's famous premiership victory has quit the Cowboys to take up a role with the with NRL rivals Newcastle. Former football operations chief Peter Parr, the man who lured champion playmaker Jonathan Thurston to Townsville, will depart the Cowboys to head up the struggling Knights football department. 
Now, Parra is one of the most respected administrators in the code, having signed more than 20 stars to the Cowboys, many of whom featured in the Cowboys' maiden premiership win in 2015. He is also currently the manager of the New South Wales Origin site. Um, now, he is going to be leaving the Cowboys and returning to his hometown of Newcastle to help rebuild the embattled Knights. We know who are third uh, last this season and fighting to avoid the wooden spoon. Parr is the second Cowboys staffer to head to Newcastle after his former recruitment chief at North Queensland, Clint Samet, joined the Knights two years ago. Since stepping down as Cowboys football boss in 2020, Parr has been a member of the North Queensland board and chair of football committee. Peter Parr has been an outstanding member of our club since he joined us in 2001, Cowboys chairman Lewis Ramsey said. Peter leaves North Queensland to return to his home of Newcastle with the club's internal thanks. He played an integral role for our club and we wish he and his family well in the next chapter of his life. So pretty handy pick up there for the Newcastle Knights uh, off field to get Peter Parr uh, very, very successful uh, at the Cowboys to the Newcastle Knights as they continue to try and rebuild and look ahead to a better 2023 and beyond. So a bit of good news there for the Newcastle Knights. 0457 736 736 1300 the ways to get in contact this morning. Breakfast not too far away. We'll take a break, come back with more. It is 11 to 6. Seven to six, Chookman's been on the tech. Chookman says, hi, Dan. The Big Bash should be a lot shorter and finish in the school holidays so kids can go to all the games, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we spoke about this with Jack Clifton last week and no doubt we'll be talking more about it as we get closer towards the summer of cricket. I agree. I think when the Big Bash was at its height, uh, back when, probably when it was on Channel 10 as well, helped. Um, all the matches were on Channel 10. But it was four or five weeks long. Um, and done and dusted pretty quickly, whereas now it just seems to be dragging on. And that was one of the main criticisms of last year. And Jack told us last week that the Big Bash this year, I think he said it's only one day shorter than last year's season. So they obviously haven't learnt from that at all. I agree. I think it's a perfect product for a school for school holidays and just get it done and dusted within a four or five week period. Thank you, Chookman. Good luck to your roosters tonight. Uh, now, of course, Commonwealth Games tomorrow actually begins tomorrow morning uh, whilst we're on air with the opening ceremony. So we'll keep you up to date uh, on what's happening with that. You can also listen to the opening ceremony on SEN Fanatic on the SEN app, but we'll be across everything uh, tomorrow morning. And also tomorrow morning, I'll let you know what to expect on day one, day one and night one of the Commonwealth Games. But the opening ceremony, 24 hours away, will be across that. Uh, Timari Martin is poised to quit the Broncos with the reborn Brisbane playmaker in talks with the Warriors as part of a straight swap transfer, uh, transfer deal with whiz kid Reese Walsh. At News Corp, I can reveal the Warriors are in the advanced stages of negotiations with Martin and have tabled a three-year deal to help offset the loss of fullback sensation Reese Walsh to the Broncos next season. So that would be a handy pickup for the Warriors, obviously losing uh, Reese Walsh, but uh, getting Tamari Martin, who's been playing pretty good football 
for the Brisbane Broncos. And New South Wales star Jerome Luai, who is currently out with injury, has confirmed he'll play for Samoa at the World Cup this year. Luai joins his uh, Panthers and Blues teammate Brian To'o in committing to Samoa, while Queensland and Raiders star Josh Papali is expected to follow suit. All three have previously played for Samoa, but were in contention for Kangaroos' selection. However, Luai said, I'm going to play for Samoa. It is who I am, and it is how I was brought up. So good to see when that World Cup begins later on in the year. Thank you for your company. Breakfast next with Vossi and Brandy in Sydney, Padding Hills in Queensland, and I'll catch you back here tomorrow morning at 5am. Have a wonderful Thursday. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.